But do you know what? I did actually have a theory on... Um, you know how Elon Musk is like driving the, the, the prices of cryptocurrency up and down? Oh, so yeah, yeah. I actually have this theory that he purchased a shitload of Bitcoin and then drove the price up deliberately yeah. just in case. You know, he's got lots of other investments. And I think one of his other investments got hit by ransomware. And so he had to pay the ransom. But well, he, he was hit by ransomware. Yeah, but, you know, another one that we don't know about. And mm. it was quite, quite significant in Bitcoin. So what he did, he drove the price down. And then, you know, he's, he's paid the ransom. Wow. That is uh, an interesting I, theory. <clears throat> I like that theory. That's much better than I'm just doing it for greed. It's I'm doing it to piss off these ransom, you know, uh, criminal gangs. I like that. I like that almost as much as this music we're listening to. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you're joining us. Welcome to episode 56 of the Host Unknown podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. How are we? Can't complain. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. All right. How are you, Jav? Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Thanks. I'm glad that you finally got everything working. Hey, it's seamless. Utterly bloody seamless. You know, much, much like your transition to being a, you know, no, no, cut that out. We can't talk about that yet. Oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> it's under friendier. Friend, friendier. Yeah, I like that one. Oh dear, what's friendier? Like an NDA, but between friends. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh. oh, it's oh my man. god! <laughs> can't believe we have to explain this. Jeez, man. No wonder he keeps blabbing his mouth at stuff I tell Hey, Tom, this is under friend DA. Don't tell anyone. You and didn't next thing say I know- anything like that. You didn't say anything about a friend DA or NDA. I Nothing at all. was implied. Not at all. Not at all. Well, I mean, what what, what can I say? It's uh, we, We've just beeped it out, but, you know, who knows what you, you all might see on Monday is all I could say. <laughs> who knows? It's going to be pretty amazing, to say the least. Under embargo. Under embargo. Now that okay. I understand, friendier. None of this. But you know what? You don't names. get the. Yeah, you're just not down with the kids, Tom. I think this. Is <laughs> Look, and how long have we known this? Oh yeah, yeah at least in the last forty years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, just just pick up a 1950s dictionary and use words that you find there. Simple, simple. Oh, you know, I need to know words that are in my bailiwick. Anyway, if it's not in the dictionary or not on your Encarta CDs or it's yeah. not in your... Encarta <laughs> CDs? What are you talking about? I haven't reached them yet. <laughs> oh, I love the Encarta CDs. They were so good. I still the interactive, uh, Encarta Interactive Encyclopedia. Was yeah, yeah. Used to ha- were... Half the time it would hang, though, as you were loading it. it was. Yeah, 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 of course, of course, you know, but, you know, that's you know not unlike me at the moment, you know. <laughs> Um, so anyway, Jav, what have you been up to this week? Oh, you know, just stretching my creative uh, muscles and what have you, but I can't say much more about that. Uh, You'll have to wait until Monday. Indeed. In fact, we may be peppering the entire episode, telling people to wait till Monday, which would be bizarre when they listen to it on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday, um, we're terribly sorry about the very disappointing uh, thing that happened on Monday. Uh, but uh, if you're listening to it uh, today or Saturday or Sunday, this amazing thing is going to happen on Monday. I think that I think that covers the bases. Um, Andy, what about you, sir? What have you been up to? Uh, so do you know what? Like in the before times, in, in in fact, it's been actually been a while. And I think maybe this is where I've been stressed the last few years. I used to have a sauna every day oh, yeah. um, before I went into the office. And um, where did you have that? In Clapham. Uh, it, there's a uh, the Virgin. The Virgin Gyms in Clapham. It was quite nice. It's paid, oh, okay. you know, okay. a fair amount on a monthly basis. I, I thought so, you yeah. had one built in under your stairs or something. No, so yeah, I'd, I'd like rush <laughs> up to the office and uh, you know be totally sweating and you know just totally red face and everything. And, and then decide to go for a sauna. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I, I switched jobs. I moved to uh, Victoria area and, um, you know, the, the, if you want a place with a sun around there, then it's like, you know, it, it's... Uh, it coined. might come with a certain kind of ending. Uh, I wish uh, that would actually probably be cheap. Do you know what? I didn't look into that. Maybe that's the cheaper option. Um, yeah, the only problem is you're in with crowds of people that are on their way back from a night out rather than on the way to work. So, um, oh, interesting. So I've heard. <laughs> so, but last week I was very happy to receive uh, from a couple of acquaintances uh, a portable sauna or a personal sauna, which for, for, I can use at home. From two people you will. Soon, that you, at some point in your life, you will call people I once knew. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so this guy called um, Tim Langley and yep. uh, uh, Jerry, Jerridge Maloke or something. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't get the names properly. But yeah, they got me this uh, personal sauna. Uh, and it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a tent that you get in and it's got like a machine in there. <laughs> and there's a hole at the top that you stick your head through. And then it's totally sealed inside. And uh, it looks absolutely epic. So that is what my Friday night is going to consist of today, is uh, getting (laughs) in that sauna. Which room is it going to live in? Uh, Do you know what? It might even live in my office. If I can figure out a way to control my... (laughs) I'm going to set up my text-to-speech and stuff. And obviously all my conference calls are done with earpods anyway, so I may actually have it in my office. Just you, know, you know what you need? You need to have it in green so you can green screen it. There you go. Put your body underneath it, and then or, it will look a floating print, head. Or just print out on a piece of A3 a little body. <laughs> 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 or lay one of those T-shirts that's got a, tie, a shirt and tie printed on it on over the front. <laughs> I, I, we have to have you doing a podcast while having a sauna. <laughs> We've got to do an episode next week. That's your challenge, Andy. Next oh, I'd week. love to. Do you know what? I'd absolutely love to. <laughs> I'm a big oh, fan of the saunas. That sounds absolutely epic. <laughs> yeah, well, well, give us a review so that I know whether I should buy one for, for myself. As yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so how was your 26th birthday? Good. It was uh, exactly as I like it, very low-key. Um, you know, not, not not much else going on. Uh, yeah, just quiet time. I seem to get quite a lot of treats, as you quite know. I sort of hit hit a bit of a sugar rush or a sugar crash. I think the um, phrase you used was "I'm pissing syrup." Yeah. So <laughs> these, these were. I know it wasn't actually uh, part of uh, part of my birthday. It came after uh, Jav supplied us e treats to everyone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, these were exceptionally sugary. Uh, I think, Jeff, you described them as the uh, Pakistani Haribo. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, it was pretty so epic. I think by that by that notion, it means that if, if you lived in Pakistan, Andy, you'd have been dead 10 years ago. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this, this type of stuff, I might, next time I want to mess about with my doctor, if I have a blood test, I might eat one of these before I go in. <laughs> Just to... <laughs> So it spikes, and he says that he needs to see an improvement. So next time I go, I just don't eat one of those. And he's like, oh, amazing, you've been working so hard. I'm like, yeah, that's right, doctor. Yeah. Your sugar levels are only twice as high as they should be, not not three times. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you don't have to game the system. You should become a, a, a you know an auditor or, or like liaise with auditors at some point in yeah. your career. That's right. Then you know all the tricks they would play, <laughs> like oh, the dear. audit box. Anyway, anyway, so what have we uh, what have we got coming up today? So uh, uh, this week in Infosec actually takes us back to the humble beginnings of Infosec's Chuck Norris. I think we all know who that is. A rant of the week addresses the outcome of the Crest cheat sheet probe. Um, I think um, did I did I do that story last time and didn't really understand it, but nonetheless, it was. Uh, um, maybe I'll at the end of this story, I might I might understand what the hell's going on. Billy Big Balls this week sees the U.S. military Uberize its workforce, uh, so that means that there'll be more little disposable bottles of water and sweeties nice. uh, in the U.S. military. Industry news brings us the latest grace and interesting news from around the globe. Tweet of the week tries to sneak in another this week in infosec, um, as if we don't have enough of that already. 
Um, and finally, the uh, literal definition of down to earth is all that we've got to say on the topic of the little people this week. So, yes, I think we should crack straight on, don't you? This week in InfoSec. So this is the part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane to bring you content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Uh, and today I also added something myself, so it's not entirely stolen, uh, borrowed research stuff. Um, you know, I did do some of this work myself. Um, the first one, we're taking you back 23 years to the humble beginnings of InfoSec royalty. And this is on the 15th of May, 1998, the first issue of Bruce Schneier's monthly cryptogram internet newsletter was published. Um, and so now I am aware that there are students probably currently studying ethical hacking at universities who were not even born when this newsletter was first started. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they may not appreciate the dedication Bruce has committed to deliver a newsletter on the 15th of every month for 23 years. Uh, I mean, Jav, you probably publish your your monthly newsletter about eight, eight or nine times a year, right? It's my, my weekly newsletter eight or nine times a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know Bruce Schneier, you know, firstly, where have you been? But secondly, understandable if you're not, uh, you know, old. Um, Bruce is this 57-year-old American cryptographer, uh, computer security professional, uh, privacy specialist, and a writer. He's currently a lecturer at Harvard Kennedy School, uh, board member for the EFF and the Tor Project, and he is the author of many, many books. Um, also a very quotable person. So if you you know look up any anything from him, you, you, you can search like Bruce Schneier quotes, and one from his older TED Talks, which I absolutely love, is um, the question to ask when you look at security is not whether this makes us safer, but whether it's worth the trade-off. Um, which I always think is a great quote. And the other one, which is you, you'll often see, um, you know, other people use this pen testers and and red teamers use this one a lot. It's uh, amateurs hack systems, professionals hack people. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that was him, actually. Yeah. The, the, other, the other term he coined was security theatre, wasn't it? Oh, okay. I didn't see that one. Yeah, but I mean, I say, you know, he's just been around for so long and yeah. it, it makes sense that he's... Um, you know, he is a pillar of this industry. Um, but obviously, at some point during, you know, sort of Bruce's popularity, it resonated with the, I guess, the wider internet as it was going through its Chuck Norris peak. I don't know if you recall, mm-hmm. like Chuck Norris was a big thing years back. Oh, um, yeah. So, and a his beard was especially. Yeah, especially his beard. And this website was created um, called Schneier Facts, which is sort of, you know, like a crowdsource site publishing. Uh, and I say this in air quotes that you can't see, facts about Bruce Schneier. Uh, So examples include Bruce Schneier's code doesn't have parameters. It has arguments and (laughs) it always wins them. (laughs) uh, Bruce Schneier is the reason that 57 isn't prime. (laughs) What? Uh, And that most people salt their hash. Bruce salt and peppers his. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite was when God needs a new secure certificate, he uses Bruce Schneier as the signing authority. <laughs> now, now I obviously had to look up this site, and I was thinking how that site has aged over the years. And I had to look around, um, and I was amazed to find that as I was taking down this trip down memory lane, I actually went down memory lane my own personal life because the site author is a guy called John Leach, who I met back in DEFCON in 2001. Um, and I'm <laughs> normally terrible with names and faces, but uh, I actually uh, posted in the show notes a link to a tweet where I recognised him on Twitter, sort of in 2017. Um, and he he shared some like amazing footage from from DefCon back then, uh, you know, when we actually met in Vegas. Um, but anyway, this isn't about me. This was about the true internet guru Bruce Schneier uh, starting his cryptogram newsletter 23 years ago. Um, still publishing. Uh, if you don't get it, you should subscribe. It um, takes a look back on the month. Um, he also does a, a Friday squid blog. Yes. And it's not every Friday, 
but yes, but it's always got a squid in it. <laughs> yes. It's bizarre, and it's all infosec related, or not always. Actually, sometimes it is just an interesting thing about a squid. But yeah. it's always on a Friday, and there's always a mention of a squid in there, which I think is entirely random. Quite, quite good fun, I have to say. Well, yeah. Also, I mean, his Wikipedia page actually says, uh, you know, he is a squid enthusiast. A squid um, enthusiast. Yeah, Most people what... like football. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, well, that like, yeah. is that like normal squid or is that like anime squid or something like that? <laughs> oh, tentacle porn. <laughs> That's uh, what it is. Yeah. No, this is really interesting. And I remember back in early 2000, um, 2000, 2001, someone gave me a book at work and it was a Schneider, I think it was Secrets and Lies. Yeah. And they were like, this is a really good book. And uh, I didn't realize, you know, what a big deal he was. But, you know, I, I tried and I struggled with the book because I was so new in the industry. And I, you know, the, a lot of the concepts I was like, ah, oh, who's going to need that? But uh, I, one thing I, I think is quite consistent in most of his books is the one Schneier fact that he, he publishes on all of them, which is the quote that apparently appeared on the register, the closest thing the security industry has to a rock star. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. only because he's got a ponytail. I mean, he's, he's more like the status quo rock star with the bald head and the ponytail. Right? Was uh, it a Francis Rossi? Uh, I don't know. That's more your era, Tom. I, I yeah. can answer that one there. Both chords. Yeah, if you, if you want to talk about Ariana Grande or, uh, you know, Dua Lupa. That's, that's... that's a font, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, anyway, this uh, moving on, this second story is about a Florid. How do you say Floridian? Uh, a man like from Florida, Floridian man named <laughs> Laszlo like Handyek, um, who 11 years ago this week decided that he wanted a free lunch. Uh, so you're probably going to see stories of this surface over the weekends, um, you know, as it does every year. But obviously it, it gets gets funnier each year. So uh, 22nd of May 2010, a uh, Floridian man named Laszlo Handyek received what he thought was a free lunch. Uh, now, Laszlo was, a, at the time, a young programmer, uh, and he was an early contributor to the Bitcoin software. And yeah. as an active member of what was obviously a very niche community back then, mm. um, Laszlo actually advanced Bitcoin mining in a really significant way. Um, and he did this by coding the program that makes it possible for miners to mine Bitcoin using their computer graphics card uh, or GPUs, which was obviously a more powerful method than using the, the onboard processor, uh, which was the original way that they mined Bitcoin. But most people will not know Laszlo for his contribution to Bitcoin mining. Um, what they will remember him for is what his mining activity allowed him to do. And that was... Purchase pizza with Bitcoin. Yeah, that was so, the first purchase, wasn't it? Yeah, well, so yeah, he was actually, so on 18th of May 2010, um, he actually posted to this Bitcoin talk forum, I will pay 10,000 Bitcoins for a couple of pizzas, maybe two large ones, so I have some left over for the next day. If you're <laughs> interested, please let me know and we can work out a deal. Uh, and then he went on to say, like, you know, you can either make the pizza yourself and bring it to my house or order it for me from a delivery place. Uh, what I'm aiming for is getting food delivered in exchange for Bitcoins where I don't have to order or prepare it myself. <laughs> and, first transaction. Yeah. And he went on and said things, uh, you know, I like things like onions, peppers, sausage, mushrooms, tomatoes, pepperoni, etc. Just standard stuff. No weird fish topping or anything like that. You know, so this man does not like anchovies. No pineapple. Uh, no pineapple. Um, and he said, like, you know, I also like regular cheese pizzas, which may be cheaper to prepare or otherwise acquire. And what I love, like looking back at this forum, because uh, it's still online today, you can go to the post links in the show notes. Someone responded, 10,000 Bitcoins, that's quite a bit. You could sell those on Bitcoin market for $41 right now. Good luck getting <laughs> your free pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but some other guy was interested. You know, it's like you know, okay, where do you live, right? I will. You give me ten thousand bitcoins, I will order this pizza for you. So he ordered him two large supreme pizzas um, in exchange for ten thousand bitcoins. And as of today's Bitcoin price, at time of recording, this will you know just had to work out. 
those two pizzas, uh, 10,000 bitcoins, would be worth 283 million pounds. Um, wow. So, on, on, yeah. On today's prices. Ago. On today's prices. Yeah. Back then, $41. Today, 283 million. <laughs> so, and at, at its highest. Yeah. So, I mean, this every year this story is going to come up, and every year, you know, the price of Bitcoin is going to be worked up, and uh, people will say, oh, God, this man paid, you know, however many million pounds for, for pizzas. Um, but, yeah, if you want to join a modern day Ponzi, digital Ponzi scheme, um, you yeah. know, forget Invest Bitcoin. In Bitcoin. Oh, so ju- <laughs> jump on the cum rocket. That, that's where it is. Cummies <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, but you can't get cummies through Revolut. No, you can't. You got to. Yeah, it's quite convoluted. You need to go. Yeah, by, but, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Andy, for this week's um, in. Uh, no, not industry news. It's info. <laughs> this week in info. <laughs> This week in InfoSec. Oh dear. You're not firing on all cylinders today, are you, Tom? Do you know I'm not? But that that said, I did, you know, my alarms didn't go off and I did wake up at quarter past nine, fifteen minutes before we were supposed to actually get online to start recording. Wow. Although uh, yeah, it was not not a good start to the day, I can tell you. Have you Tom, there's a book called The Checklist Manifesto. Have you read that? No, what is it? It's a it's a book about the value of checklists. It's uh, it talks about how hospitals, for example, there used to be lots of line infections. You know where you have like lines going into people, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know people dying in uh, in, in po- after post surgery or getting complications after post surgery. So one thing they introduced was a checklist. So nurses had the authority to overall doctors to make sure they followed a checklist, which was like simple, like make sure this happens first yeah. and then this happens and this happens. And um, in, in, in samples they conducted, like, you know, there's a massive reduction in infections and, and complications after surgery. Um, it's the same principle that pilots use. You could have flown yeah. like a million flights, but you go through a certain checklist every single time. Even though some of it seems really obvious. Yeah, even though some of it seems really obvious. And I think that's what you need to do in order to set up and prep the podcast so you can like have a checklist that says ensure wires are plugged in, ensure the right jingles are loaded on the on the tube. Uh, which, the... which is all fine, absolutely. But the problem is that the, the two wild cards is, uh, is you two. I mean, you can no, just... We were here early. <laughs> we, we, were, we were stable connections, no issues, no nothing. Have um, I ever missed a deadline of submitting a podcast? No, no. Uh, <laughs> so, where, where's episode two, Tom? Yeah. Episode two? All right. <laughs> Have I ever, <laughs> apart from episode two, <laughs> and that wasn't because of a checklist, that was just because it was really difficult. Anyway, anyway, do you know what? This is the podcast the Queen listens to, although she won't admit it. I like that one, and we have to use it more before um, uh, she dies. Her uh, Majesty leaves us. Well, I was, yes. was going to say something different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I think uh, now we definitely have to move on to this week's. So yes, Billy Big Balls of the Week. Um, so we're we're completely going off the show notes, but uh Billy Big Balls of the Week, the US military has announced that it's in the early stages of development of an app called Gig Eagle, which sounds like something uh from Family Guy, Giggity Eagle. Um but it's an app that uberizes its workforce. And you kind of think, surely your workforce is full-time anyway and all that sort of thing. But there is more to this. Um, uh, And the Department of Defense official said, we are creating a gig economy for the Department of Defense. And um, what this really does is it's an an app that all of the part-time military uh, uh employees they can they can download and if they have other skills that they can bring to the department of defense they pop it on there 
and the Department of Defense can then sort of hand out work. So it's it's a way of trying to ensure that um, work goes outsourced work goes to their own effectively. So if if for instance you might be part time soldier, weekend warrior, or you you know you might you might be a part time analyst or something like that, and you program in your spare time as well or whatever, you can actually get additional work from the Department of Defense through this app. They look you up, they find your services, a bit like Fiverr, I guess. In fact, I don't know why they didn't call this, you know, they're calling this the Fiverr of, of uh, um, we're Fiverr in the Department of Defense. I but think Uber's, look- a, Uber's a known verb, though, isn't it? Well, so, I know, exactly. We want, to, we want to Uberize everything. Yeah. Um, but um, and so they they look you up and they'll make you know they'll book you for a a period of time and pay you the set amount or whatever it is, and it's quite interesting <clears throat> in a sense that when you when you read the report to this, there's a lot of talk from Silicon Valley executives about uh, the strength of the nation and the defence of the nation, and we don't want to China to be taking over our our technology technological advantages and. You know, making everything that we use in the US, uh, um, you know, China-ified and all that sort of thing, and how they need stronger connections with the Department of Defense uh, and and other agencies. And it's part. This is effectively the Department of Defense's response to this, saying, "Look, we're going to embrace your technology, embrace your your zero hours uh, economy." And um, we're going to use this so that we can ensure that not only do we get you know the the best programmers out there, the best uh, whatevers out there, but also we're we're giving back to our own people. But it does it does raise a number of issues. One, um, well, one the sheer paranoia of of many of the uh, uh, folks in question, it would seem, and this response seems a little bit odd. Um, I mean, maybe this is a good way of reducing waste and reducing excess costs in the U.S. military, which it's known for, you know wasting and being hugely profligate with its with its money and contracts running behind and all that sort of thing and maybe this is an approach to it but i think as we've seen with uber the the downside is is that it's a a a, a very quick race to the bottom when it comes to working conditions and pay and uh, the fact that it's zero hours and all that sort of thing and as if the u.s military wasn't already built on the basis of uh, the cheapest contractor, um, you know, military grade means it was made by the the people who bid the lowest amount of money for something. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, this would this has the potential uh, to to make that even worse. Uh, to really sort of drive down drive down costs, but subsequently also drive drive down quality as. Uh, um, the people on the app, and uh, obviously, as you get more and more people on the app, they're all fighting for the same amount of work, and you know, price is obviously going to be one of them. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out, and whether this is a great way of managing costs and maintaining quality, or a great way of actually producing something that's uh, just really poorly made and goes. I, I know to- exactly how this is going to pan out. Okay, go on. There's going to be a conflict somewhere. There's going to be soldiers, and they're going to be like, "We're pinned down. Uh, send reinforcements." They're like, "Oh, sorry, you have no reinforcements available. Try Gig Eagle." And so they're going to log on, and they're going to be like, <laughs> "We're in this sector. We need reinforcements." And then, like a black van, a GMC van with a red stripe, will come. And five guys will come out. One of them's got a cigar. So, okay, we're the backup guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, uh, you can either have the premium service. Yeah. Seal uh, Team 6 is available yeah. at this price. Or, yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Or Redneck yeah. from uh, the Redneck with the mullet, who uh, <laughs> believes in his Second Amendment rights, can be Who's- there in 15 minutes. He's bringing broke both his shotguns. Yeah, and he just needs like a pack of tobacco or something. Yeah, <laughs> chewing tobacco. And, and what will happen is you get defectors on the other side signing up for the app and saying, "I'm available available for espionage services. I'm behind enemy lines." Well, but do you know what? What How- do you need me to do? What are the entry requirements for being on this app in the first place? Because surely you could I hope have you just people- download it, and that's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Because, because then you'd have, you know, we, we talk about things being a win-win, but then you'd end up with win-win being on the actual app and coding stuff with backdoors for China, right? Uh, you know, it's uh, so it's there's there's plenty to dissect here and plenty to find out, you know, because uh, I, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right, you know. It just there's something not quite right there. So yeah, you know I could just in, yeah, go, go ahead. I was just saying, I can just imagine the UK looking at it and say, okay, let, we, we already got the uh, plastic police officers, the PCSOs. Yes. Uh, let's put them on an app like this. So if you have a, a low severity crime, you just look up like the cop app and, you know, one of these guys from your neighbours will quickly change out their pyjamas and come around and like... I've got it. The app can be called Cop Out. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, that, that's better than pigs on demand, is what I was thinking. <laughs> but you know. um, or when know, it's cold, pigs in blankets. Yeah. But this is the way I, I think. Obviously, companies look at this and think it's a massive cost saving. Like I've no doubt there's this huge drive of cost saving. Oh my god! And this is the worrying part because, as a company, this is actually quite a good idea. And yeah. you know, it's well, possible you don't need your top. Say, for example, pen testers, right? You don't need your pen testers to be full-time employees. No. You know, if you can, just get them on demand. But rather than paying a, you know, having a dedicated company that you go to every time, you know, preferred supplier list, you've got your preferred, well, you know, gig eagles that you you go to. Yeah. And they don't have the overheads of a company. So. As not, but it, but quality is always the thing. So ooh, the well, you, uberization. You, them, right? you just rate people. You know, yeah, true, I used but... this guy before, six of my guys. I called him out. We are in the middle of a firefight. You know, four of my people still died. So, you know, two stars. Yeah. But, but you know, with Uber, it's it, what happens is if the, if the driver's ratings get too low, they just re-register as a different driver and different yeah. details and all that sort of thing. You know, but also if you, you know, if you order a, a, an Uber and it's two o'clock in the morning and it's raining and, you know, and you've got Dave, who's a 3.9, in brackets, you know, in inverted commas, a bit rapey, but okay, then you think, oh, fuck it, it'll do, it'll be fine. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, 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 it's it's a little bit, to a certain extent, the rating system is good uh, and will allow you to be more selective until you just really need that cab home. Yeah. So, like, what you're saying is right at the moment, uh, you know, you really need a an enemy stronghold bombed. You know, you got a guy who's he's a bit hit and miss, right? You know, he doesn't. He's, always... a, bit, he's a bit hit and miss. <laughs> you know, he's a three point seven, uh, you know, on the app, but yeah, it's, he's missed a couple of targets and hit neighbouring villages. We, we 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 just need some big noise and some big explosions. Yes, exactly. You know. It's really more about just sending a message. We're not too bothered about you know. Yeah, about is. the accuracy of sending. Yes, yeah, so. exactly. You're gonna so, get um, like a, a Nick Nolte type character from um, the Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah that's four right. leaf. <laughs> but is it? Isn't that just the US Air Force generally? You know. <laughs> yes. Ah shit! We missed. Ah, oh, be fine. <laughs> But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. There, there's the the upside of Uberization is, or the Uberification, or whatever, is real flexibility and cost savings and self policing of a, you know, of content and quality and all that sort of thing, and really shaking shaking the industry up. You know, a bit like black cabs. Black cabs have to really up their game to compete with Uber, and rightly yeah. so. You know, because none of this are oh, not going south of the river, mate. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going there, mate. It's ridiculous, you know, whereas Ubers will just take you. Um, and so black cabs had to up their game. But the downside is quality generally can go down. So I noticed that, you know, in the earlier days of Uber, the cars were nice. You know, drivers were always nice. There was water and sweets and all that sort of thing. Now it smells like somebody died in the back of them half the time. Yeah. Um, it's... It, and you, know, you get but, the uh, the passengers that are like really abusive to drivers as well because they threaten yeah. them with low ratings, and so yeah, they end yeah. up having cameras in the cabs, don't they? So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, now which, you can have people recording their black ops just in case someone says they did something. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's so right. A whole new YouTube tan- channel of uh, you know yeah. secret three, raids. Three out of five missed both targets. You know. Well, actually, I think you'll find yeah. I hit one of the targets and only just missed the second one. You know, so 
Oh, I do, but I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a whole Netflix series that spawned off the back of this as well. You know, comedy series like Space Force. <laughs> um, a documentary see- like Tiger Force, uh, like a Tiger King. I think that's Tiger what's going. Well, did you see that Netflix series Space Force? Yes, yeah. it was very good. It's well worth watching. It, it really highlights some of the absurdity of the military taking control of space operations. Um, very good. Well worth watching. Like I say. But yes, interesting. A very uh, interesting one there from, uh, you know, a bit of a Billy Big Balls move on behalf of the Department of Defence, and we will see what happens. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Right, I think we should move straight on because Jav's itching, itching, I tell you, uh, to get on to this week's. Listen up! Rant of the week. It's such a mother rage. Oh, well, I wouldn't say as itching. I just thought that because I was due to go first, that I, I was going to go first. But you took it. Anyway, the rant of the week. Now, you might remember a few months ago, um, as Tom often does where he reads a story but doesn't understand it, but um, there was uh, the British Infosec Accreditation Body Crest. So if you've ever arranged a, a pen test for your uh, organization, you, you will probably look for a firm that has uh, uh, pen testers that are either Czech or Crest certified. That's uh, normally the, uh, the benchmark for a lot of organizations. Um, and uh, Crest apparently had... Um, basically cheat sheets um, found where um, th- there was a whole bunch of questions and answers and how to sit the exam and how to pass it. So it's basically a walkthrough that anyone with a little experience can just cram in those cheat sheets and um, pass the exam. So obviously, uh, many people were up in arms about it. And uh, the uh, the logo on a lot of these cheat sheets or the attribution of a lot of these cheat sheets was to uh, large uh, InfoSec provider NCC group. Allegedly. <clears throat> Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. They got a big yes. legal team. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, there was a big bit of an uproar. People were like, what is this all about? You know, this is unfair advantage. NCC can then allegedly... Uh, put through uh, all of their junior testers and they can have a far larger body of people who are Crest certified and based on that they can bid for more work, win more work, get more work. That's food that we could be putting on our family's plates but now we have to live in poverty. So uh, Crest took this very seriously and they launched an investigation into it. Ooh. And this investigation went on for, for a while. This reminds me a bit of the... Um, the the scene from Team America World Police where um the uh, Hans Blix from the United Nations there is like uh let let us in uh, you know let us inspect your weapons program and uh, he's like what if I don't let you because we will write a, a a very strongly worded letter to you <laughs> so this is what the uh, investigation felt like you will be happy to know that wait to read it. Can't wait to read exam. that report. It's, uh, <laughs> the, they're very good the, at reporting in Crest. There's one thing they're really good at is really well-structured, really good readable reports. So I'm really excited to see the outcome. Yes, 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 yes. So they have concluded the investigation. Uh, a Crest spokeswoman told us, uh, told the the register, which is the story I'm reading this from, uh, we commissioned a comprehensive investigation that involved a significant amount of work. Is significant higher than uh, important? Or uh, anyway, uh, this has <laughs> included allowing time for the publicity of independent whistleblowing channels, detailed interviews by the appointed independent investigator the follow-up and validation of all information obtained and taking legal advice on the validity of the process. So a lot of words to say that we've done a very thorough job that Inspector Clouseau would be uh, proud of. We've done a report! Yes. (laughs) Uh, But um, 
unfortunately, in the interest of, I don't know what, in, in, in self-interest, I suppose <laughs> is the word. In interest of self, yeah. Yes, uh, the, the report is not going to be published. It's not going to be made available for the public to see. Okay, I, yeah, I th- and I think we knew this was coming. But here's the thing, right? So, any kind of audit—I I, just bear with me here—but any kind of audit and audit review, etc. If you don't have the evidence that something has been done, then it hasn't been done. It doesn't matter how much you say, "Oh, but we've put this control in place." Show me evidence that you've got this control in place. I don't have said evidence, then that control is not in place, right? That, yeah. that's, it's like expenses, that's, right? That's, yeah, it's a yeah. standard logic, standard logic. So we've done a report. Show us evidence of this report by allowing us to read it. We don't, we're not going to allow you to read it. Well, then you haven't done the report. You haven't done an investigation. An investigation is something that by its very nature is is open. Even criminal investigations are open in courts of law, except under very, very extreme circumstances, right? They are all under public scrutiny. That's the point of an investigation. So the fact that they're saying it's not, you know, we're not going to release it means it's not been done, you know, in the eyes of, of, yeah. of the public, right? That's right. That's right. I, it's... Utter, utter critic. It's it's just like, okay, I'm taking a leap here, but it's you know, it's like the Catholic Church saying, "Oh, we've investigated Father O, what's his name for, for for kiddy fiddling, and we've we've told him he's a very bad man, and he's he's definitely not going to do it again." You know, well, prove it. You know, there's no nothing's happened. You're not showing us anything. You're not. We're not seeing any kind of action or even any kind of report or whatever. And they're just they're just hiding and covering up. And I it, it makes my blood boil if I'm perfectly honest because, you know, one thing this industry does is it keeps secrets very well, um, except and uh, uh, but what it also does is keep things secret that really should not be kept secret. You know, it yeah. should be open and transparent yeah. and honest. And it it uh, it really annoys me. That's right. Um, one of the things they said that was part of their review, they, they can confirm that no senior staffers from NCC Group hold key positions at Crest. And it's like, that's not even the question. It doesn't matter. You don't need to yeah. hold a senior position at Crest to create a cheat sheet or to be friends with people who are at senior positions or what it's, have you. It's, it's like the thing. So, you know, do, do people do... Do people in NCC have relationships with staff at Crest? And the answer is no senior people at NCC Group have positions at Crest. Okay. Positions. Have relations oh, yeah. with Crest. Yeah. <laughs> Hold exactly. key positions, not just yeah. Yeah, positions. Yeah. Uh, and senior uh, yeah. uh, NCC yeah. official. It's like yeah, the classic audit obfuscation, right? And we know this because we've been on both sides of the table. Yeah, you know, but it, it's it's. I, I hope the register are ripping them apart for this. Yeah, they are in 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 the way that the register does. But yeah, you know, this is the problem with a lot of these um, certification bodies. They they they're so uh, opaque with how they operate, yeah. and it just even if it's not. The, the whole feeling that the average person gets is just an old boys network. Yeah. It's an yeah, old boys exactly club. They, they, they're just there to make money and let's keep things quiet. And and then it's like, well, why is the membership so disenfranchised? Why do people, you know, call us, a, a you know, just a stealth tax or whatever? I mean, this is, I mean, if this was EC council, I would expect it from them. But... <laughs> From what, Chris, what? Why? Why? What? What is the difference to? And uh, a genuine art, uh, question here: What is the difference to EC Council and Crest here? They're different organisations. I think EC Council are, are perceived okay, you, to still be going on a journey of maturity. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's I the thing. A, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. As opposed to Jav's audit answer, <laughs> <laughs> they're two different organisations. Yeah, that's. I, I know. I know that's technically an answer to my question. But you know full well that's not what I meant. But <laughs> what EC Council? I mean, the, to Andy's very political answer, which I, I I love. They're undergoing a journey of maturity. They make lots of cock-ups along the way. <laughs> their their materials are 
not well respected by many. And then you can see how they put together. Even just yesterday on Twitter, I saw someone said that they were offered $1,000 by EC Council to create them four hours of online labs of uh, network forensics or something. Right. And he was like, well, for $1,000, you're not going to get much. <laughs> right. You're going to get maybe half yeah. an hour. Yeah. EC Council, uh, uh, I don't know whether we spoke about this, but a few weeks ago yeah, they ran did. The... Oh, we did, yeah. They, they, they're the ones that ran that survey about why don't women uh, get more right, involved yeah, in security. Yeah, yeah. And, and the yeah. options were something like because they're too busy cooking and cleaning and making babies, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's women in security? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Who let them out the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> that... that and then they were like, we're not sexist. Uh, we have women who created the survey. And then yeah. you look at LinkedIn and everyone in their marketing department is a man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. Well, that was a proper rant. It was. That's, yeah. that's how rants should be. Yes. So anyway, thank you, Jav. That was that was really that was really good. I I enjoyed a bit of a ranty rant at that. Thank you. Rant of the week. Whew. What time is it, man? We must be getting on. We are. As I look at my watch, it's that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy this week bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. Rapid7 source code accessed in cyber attacks. Industry News. Water of CISOs self-medicate as pandemic stress spikes. Industry news. US sentences cyber stalker who sent sex workers to families' home. Industry news. Toshiba Business reportedly hit by dark side ransomware. Industry news. Cybercrime Forum bans ransomware activity. Industry news. AXA faces DDoS after ransomware attack. Industry news. Families of missing persons receive fake ransom demands. Industry news. Darkside gang retires on $90 million. Industry news. USPS reportedly uses Clearview AI to spy Industry on Americans. News. And that was this week's... Industry news. Are you sure it's AXA? Because last week it was AXA. I know. So, Stuart, there's uh, one story in there that obviously uh, caught my eye by the headline. Uh, it's the US sentences a cyber stalker who sent sex workers to a family. Exactly what I'm looking at. You know, but... I tell you, that, the husband of that family, he worked that one out. No love, it's not me. It's a, it's a, it's a cyber stalker, definitely. Yeah, but you know, I mean, they obviously use sex workers as the the catchy headline. But this guy that got prosecuted, um, he actually sent 500, like over 500 unwanted service people. Uh, and I like that, you know, they put the sex workers in the service category, but he also sent like yeah. plumbers, yeah. Um, tow truck employees, locksmiths, food delivery workers, electricians. All what, to this and they guy's... were all offering a happy ending? Uh, no, not all of them, <laughs> but uh, they were all offering services that uh, they believed yeah. that he he ordered. And it got so bad, he actually had to put a sign outside on his front lawn and said, you know, if you've been sent here, please contact the police. Um you know, because oh it was Yeah, it's not me. But um, I mean, you know, sent sex workers. You just think, of, you know, a couple of cool girls being going to the family home, but five hundred over five hundred yeah. occasions. Not entirely sure why, but he, you know, he obviously well, hated it. He still doesn't even know who or why. Uh, well, it doesn't say why. It says that you know he went through um, you know depression after a, you know a bereavement, but it doesn't say you know why he targeted this particular guy. Uh, in, in the oh, I see. I see. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! But yeah, <laughs> lots of uh, stories about ransomware. You know, unbelievably, it's just around yeah. everywhere. We just cannot get away with it. You know what's what? what uh, the the other story that's not ransomware related is uh, a quarter of CISO self medicate as pandemic stress spikes. I would uh, be interested to see how that compares to everyone else because if it's a quarter of CISOs but actually half of everybody else, well, then we're do, exactly. know, doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or is it, it just that, that quarter is all based in London? And, um... <laughs> yeah, it's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
And, and what are they self-medicating with? Is it so? Yeah. A quarter stuff? admitted to having taken alcohol, narcotics, or prescription medication in the past to alleviate stress. Nothing about Eid sweets, then. No. <laughs> so, so um, this is based on a poll of two hundred and fifty leaders across the globe. Um, so that's not many people if it's across the globe. If it was 250 no. in London, that might make more sense. But No. Which industry do you think had the highest rate? Dentists. <laughs> Construction, 54%. Oh, that's because they're all coked off their tits anyway. Yeah, so they, I've heard lots of stories about, um, you know, anecdotal. I can't prove yeah, any of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, about people that operate, you know, those big cranes and stuff. Um, you know, they, they do a lot of self-medication. Well, you've got to be off your tits to climb up that ladder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's, you know, whilst I can sort of see and, you know, haven't been through it as well, the self-medication of CISOs and all, all, all that sort of thing, I, I, I always think the story also has to be put into the, into the wider context. Yeah. You know, because what about what about NHS workers? You know, they've probably had a slightly more stressful time this last, uh, you know, year yeah, and a half. Yeah, but than, they, they've got to stay on their feet for like eighteen hours a day, so they don't, they don't have time to, to self medicate in the uh, while they're working. No, but they have access to it. Jesus. Yeah. You know, and also staying on your feet isn't that what Coke does for you? Well, this is true. I, I believe, but on an NHS salary, you're probably looking at uh, speed or something like that instead. Well, of Coke. true. It's, yeah, true. Allegedly. Yeah. And whatever's left over in the sharp spin. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I, it's you know as 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 we all know, you know, and I can attest to this. It is it is stressful. But I just uh, what I don't like is the you know look at us. Aren't we really really suffering as a result of this? When actually, I think a lot of people are suffering. Everybody's suffering. That's not to underplay what what the actual message is here per se, but it's just. You know, context, I think, is really important. You're absolutely yeah. right. I think there's a lot of, you know, we are the most stressed people in the world and we do the most important thing in the world and therefore we deserve special treatment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't always work like that. It doesn't always work like that. Anyway, I think, uh, looking at the time, uh, it's time to move on to this week's... Tweet of the Week. And because that's so cute, we do it twice. Tweet of the week. I will uh, jump in on this one. So I'm going to sneak in an extra one here, uh, just briefly. <laughs> it's uh, so if you are aware of the penguin meme, um, where he, it's a penguin sort of sitting on a chair, he basically says, "Well, now pingu, pingu." It says, "Well, now I'm not doing it." Is, is the meme? So, and, like, you caption that, right? So it's usually yeah. if someone tells you to do something, you were going to do anyway. You're now not going to do it. Um, and so someone posted, uh, you know, the caption to it, when all you want to do is hack, but now someone is trying to make you do it. Um, and, you know, it's got this Pingu meme and it says, well, now I'm not doing it. And what I liked about this was uh, Chris Weissopel, uh, World Pond uh, from uh, old school loft heavy industries. Uh, he actually then captioned that with uh, uh, at stake acquires loft heavy industries. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic little dig. Uh, there, which uh, is practically a, a throwback to the good old days. Um, however, that wasn't the main content. This main one was from Kevin Gomon, or also or better known as Gossy the Dog on Twitter. Um, and he has posted a link to the article that leading cybersecurity insurance provider CNA restored their systems in May as per their website. It's following a cyber um, a, a ransomware attack. Um, however, Bloomberg are now reporting they paid their attackers $40 million in order to what? get their um, their files back. And So who insures CNA? Well, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, uh, Kevin Bowman actually, you know, puts a good tagline on this. He says it's a stunning failure in management and a benchmark for how low the cybersecurity industry is. Um I would agree with the first part of that statement. I think it's a bit far, a bit unfair on the second part. Well, I mean, you know, forty million dollars is a lot to pay for a ransom. I completely agree. You Stunning know. failure in management to actually, you know, invest in the right systems and the right uh, security and all that sort of thing that may have avoided it in the first place. Yeah, but you know, and a benchmark for how low the cybersecurity industry is. 
I don't know. It's it's you know maybe it's a a, a benchmark for how little business listens to the cybersecurity industry. Uh, it's a benchmark for how maybe how ineffective some of the cybersecurity leadership is. That's fair enough. But I don't know. It, it, like I said, I agree with the first part entirely. The second part feels a little bit uh, a little bit harsh, a bit too broad a generalization. Yes, yes. Although I'm sure there are people in management and in inverted commas saying exactly the reverse. Yeah, it's interesting because um, a week or two ago, a couple of these um, insurance providers were like, "We're we're they're they're pulling out of the cyber insurance, or they're reducing cyber yeah. insurance." AXA was one of them, and then they got hit by ransomware yeah. themselves. And AXA, AXA, OXO, OXO. They're moving into the cyber security. Yeah, business. yeah. Chicken cubes are just not enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did, but yeah, that's that's. It it just goes to show you know that the, the cyber insurance companies who are holding a lot of companies accountable, and you know, like I think. I think, like I said, you know, I had to do almost like interviews with um, insurance companies to yeah. show what we were doing to to reduce our our payments and all that sort of thing, you know. And yet they're not doing it themselves. Yeah, it's it's quite fascinating. Big event. I mean, as you say, I mean, we go through it every year as well with with multiple yeah. insurers because you know we need multiple insurers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess you know the the other side of this is you know not only are these people insuring people you know against ransomware attacks, but Paying $40 million just funds the criminals to be able to expand yeah. their operations. You know, because I don't think there's many of those people that are doing it saying, you know what, this is the big payday, boys. Let's let's check out. Um, yeah. You know, they're probably going to say, wow, that was easy. If we just get another, you know, 30, 40 companies, then we can check out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not helping. No, not at all. And it doesn't seem like there was any even any negotiation. Well, um, it, uh, I think Bloomberg actually said the original demand was for fifty million. Uh, did I right. read that in the Bloomberg? Oh, okay, I may have read that elsewhere, so can't but, quote. But, but I think that they did, you know, not twenty percent off, off, uh, off the original asking price. So I'm sure one of the the negotiators in the insurance firm was happy. Um, yeah, you know, at least one my targets. Yeah. Yeah, one person in CNA is going to get their bonus this year. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I mean a lot of money to uh, allow these people to continue, and I, I just, I'm just stunned that we're still talking about ransomware. Twenty twenty one people, major stories almost every week. Well, it's got worse, and I think you know certainly got worse over the last eighteen months. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see if that's causation or correlation with with COVID and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's definitely gone through the roof. Especially if the FBI has reported um, in 2019 that 145 million pounds, sorry, dollars in uh, ransom demands were paid in 2019, and yet here's one in 2021 for 40 million. I think it's you know it's it's gone through a massive step change by the sounds of it. Excellent, thank you. That was that's that's uh, that's a tough one to end on, but uh, yeah, thank you very much, Andy, for this week's. Tweet of the week. I think we draw to an end, gentlemen. I think we draw to an end. One quickly. We do have something really special coming up on Monday, which we do. Uh, we do. We do, we, which we may have hinted at. And you may, if you're careful and you hang on to the bitter end here, you may even hear a little bit of it um, post credits as well. Ooh. I know. I know. Exactly. Well, you know, we're nothing, nothing but, right? Uh, anyway, so, uh, Jav, thank you very much indeed for joining us this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, been a pleasure as always. As always, apart from when it isn't, and you clearly tell apart us Apart from it isn't. when it isn't, but it's all right. I, I try to stay on my best behaviour now to keep Mrs Langford, the lady of... Uh, the Duchess. The Duchess. The Duchess of Lady Well, the Lady of Duchy Well, um, <laughs> the Lady <happy>. of Duchy Well. <laughs> uh, well, that's very kind of you to say so, and I know she'll be thrilled to hear hear herself mentioned. So, uh, yes, thank you, Jav and Andy. Thank you very much, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security.
some uh, some chill tunes playing there. I like it. Mm. Very good. Uh, quite catchy, really. It is. It's got it that old-school hip-hop vibe to it. I know. I know. It's, it's almost like original content instead of... Uh, Being ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sample, John. We say sampled, not... Sorry! Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I, it's uh, Again, it's out of my bailiwick. Yeah, I, th- I, I, you know what? I think this could be a hit for uh, for someone. Unless you're listening on Tuesday, in which case, sorry, 